You're listening to Black People Go to Therapy 2, a podcast about people of color and their experiences in therapy. Don't forget to subscribe and spread the word that we're now available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Now let's begin our session. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Black People Go to Therapy 2. And today, our guest is JoJo. So, JoJo, do you mind? Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your identity, your age, gender, sexual orientation, all of those things. Hi, um, I am recently 25. I just crossed into old people territory. Um, <laughs> I am gay. Um, I'm black. I live in DC. Um, that's pretty much me. Yes. Those are the only things that are important about me. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm sure there's more, but also, uh, <laughs> let us know your pronoun. <laughs> he, him. Sorry. That's the other important one. <laughs> that's okay. I didn't even say my, mine are also, uh, he, him, his. And thank you for joining us today. I know we've been on a little hiatus, and so um, this go round, I just really wanted to engage a lot more people, like in other networks, not just people here in Chicago, but actually like talking to black people, black and brown people um, from more than one location uh, to learn a little bit more about your experience. So um, yeah, tell me a little bit, uh, where'd you grow up, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I always say that's like a trick question, depending on who asks me. <laughs> um, <laughs> My family, like my entire family is from Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. And my dad and my mom, my dad was in the Navy, got married and they moved to Norfolk. So I grew up in Norfolk and spent like half of my year in Baltimore. So okay. depends on who asks me, cause I've also lived in Baltimore and then like I lived like half my life in Norfolk. So mm-hmm. just depends who asks. But yeah, between Norfolk and Baltimore, yeah, nice little mixture. Yeah, what was it like, uh, the population, like where you grew up? I'd say probably like your formative years. Um, see, like, I spent both of them there, so like, I got, like, a really weird dynamic of, like, being in the suburbs with my mom when I was in Norfolk at first, like, mm-hmm. going to, like, the other side of the city, going to school, and then, like, the other half of the year, I'm at home with my aunt, my aunt and my grandma in West Baltimore, running around the streets with my cousins. So, like, I had, like, a really different dynamic, like, half of the year. It just, um, yeah, it just depended on that which half of the year I was in. Yeah, okay. And are both of the, so, I'm familiar with Baltimore a little bit, but um not so much norfolk what's like that population like is it mixed is it black white it's pretty mixed it's where the world's largest navy base is that's like Mm -hmm. a really random fact but like as you drilled into us all the time living there Mm -hmm. um my mom lives right in front of like a navy base like planes land over our house so like i'm not afraid of loud noises like that but um it's a lot of black people there but there's also a lot of white people there um large hispanic population as well um yeah, okay. pretty mixed. Cool. Well, um, let's get into it. Do you mind telling us a little bit about what led you to therapy? Why did you first start uh, seeking it out? 
Um, so I've been a couple times. Um, the first time wasn't really, it was against my will low key. My mom just kind of was like, you're going. Um, I tried to kill myself once in like mm -hmm. 2017 or 18. Mm -hmm. And like after like the dust settled, like my mom got everything together for me and like got me out of the hospital. She's like, okay, you're going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, okay, like I was with it, but it didn't really work out. It didn't really stick with me. Um, and then the second time recently during COVID, I had like a whole breakdown in here and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to therapy. And I found somebody and it actually stuck and I've been going this whole time. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about like, what was the reason that you didn't want to go? I'd say the first time, was it that, or you said you were interested in going and then you decided that it like wasn't working out for you. What was that like? Yeah, my mom, we were like trying to find somebody that I was really, um, that I could probably have to connect to. And I just didn't at first. Um, the first guy, we just didn't, we just butted heads like right off back. Cause I told my mom, I like to see, whenever it comes to, like my medical professionals, I like to see somebody that checks like at least two out of three boxes I am, like at least black, gay, and male, at least like mm -hmm. two out of three. So like at least like we have like some kind of understanding. Yeah. I always say in a black man he was a little bit old. he was way older than me actually and we just butted heads the entire time like every session like we just did not see eye to eye i didn't like how he talked to me he didn't like my attitude so like i just mm -hmm. stopped going um then i started seeing somebody else um another guy i saw him for about four sessions and it was going really well but then i lost my job which was tied to my health care so then mm -hmm. therapy had to go for a bit yeah and then here we are now i do have a different job and then like I said, COVID is just kind of like taking a toll on a lot of people. And I was one of those people. Yeah. And I need to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. And especially like the, I like what you say about like, my therapist needs to check at least two out of three boxes. Um, because like sharing identities with your therapist is like, can be very important. I think is more important for like people of color too. Because like, yeah. it is hard working with like, and I'm speaking from my own experience, like it'd be hard, I think for me to go to like, a white therapist and have to like know that I had to explain my experience know that I have to explain so many like nuanced things that like maybe a black therapist would get um I'm curious to like were you surprised when you're like oh this is a straight black man like why are we not meshing well why are we not like able to even like form a connection honestly no um the kind of person that I am I can butt heads with somebody as soon as I walk in the room it's like a really <laughs> bad habit I have but like if our energy just isn't like the same like right off the bat like as soon as mm -hmm. I walk in the room we're just gonna butt heads and like <clears throat> the moment I sat down in the chair <laughs> I yeah. just felt it like something just didn't feel right to me um and like 30 mm -hmm. minutes into it I was like oh, okay like my mom can come up here I was like because we're about to leave and then yeah. he was like okay we're well, trying to come back again and my mom was like give it a second chance and I went mm -hmm. there again, and we still wasn't seeing eye to eye. And I was like, you know, this shit is, I was like, no, I was like, no, not okay. But it didn't surprise me. Like, just our demo, I just see, like, we weren't from the same, like, mindset. Like, him being, like, way older than me and me at the time being, like, so much younger and mm -hmm. being so much more radical and, like, outspoken than I was at that time. Like, I could just see from the beginning we weren't going to see eye to eye. Maybe mm -hmm. at this point in time, we probably still wouldn't actually, but... Maybe yeah. like 30 years from now, we might, we'll see eye to eye. <laughs> In 30 years, so you're looking for like a new therapist. You're like, what about that person? Yeah. <laughs> Just going back down the list. <laughs> no, that's real though. Like I, I do think that that, like that's one of the things that I is very important to me, like as the therapist and I tell the client too, like if you don't feel a connection, give it another session. But a lot of times if you do like, 
sometimes you can't walk in there and you just know that it's not for you. And it could be a lot of different things. Like it could be the style, it could be the person, it could be the way that they're like talking to you. Um, it could be just their lived experience is so much different from yours too. And I think that's just so important for people to recognize, like when you are looking for a clinician, like there are so many things that you don't realize that you want in someone that you're talking to and someone that you're like telling your deepest, Absolutely. darkest secrets and talking about our traumas with. Um, but it's so important to feel at least comfortable uh, in the room with this person and at least like they don't mean you any harm <laughs> and that they actually are trying to get yeah. to know you. Yeah, like I always say like the boxes part to me, like even like, when I go to the doctor, like, I want to just be able to walk in like and not have to like explain like the certain things I say. Like for instance, like if I, I want to be able to walk into my white therapist if I had one and say like, this thing got me fucked up and like you not know, have to like explain like the nuances and everything and go into it and like yeah. explain why like this you got me fucked up is different from like this you got me fucked up. Like mm. I don't really have to explain that to my therapist because like we're the same color. It's like we've had the same like similar like experiences and like they know what you got me fucked up means as opposed yeah. to somebody else who might not. So. Mm -hmm. they might be like so are you intoxicated right now like are you yeah, like <laughs> under the influence just like looking at you like no that's not even what i mean <laughs> and that's, yeah, like, that's not even nowhere close to it <laughs> now i'm even more mad like now you have me fucked up too and i'm supposed to be here getting therapy so it's like nah, <laughs> do that. And i'm curious too like did you had you heard of any like necessarily like stigmas or misconceptions that you had about therapy like before going are there any like things that you heard in your family, around your friends, or just thoughts that you had developed from watching bad Tyler Perry depictions of what a therapist is? <laughs> yes, I don't know why. Um, if I could have told myself at like 16 when I was like realized I was depressed, like looking back at it, I don't know why, but I don't know where it came from either. But I had this thought that like if you went to therapy and like got diagnosed, it was like a file on you somewhere and like you could never mm -hmm. have like a good paying job somewhere. I don't know mm -hmm. where that idea came from in my head, but like it stuck until I was probably like 22. And I woke yeah. up one day and I was like, no one even knows that information like this, like medical information. So like, yeah, yeah. probably that. Yeah, HIPAA, HIPAA protects you from that. But <laughs> you are not the first person who has said that. Um, I had, I worked another job doing like a crisis hotline um, for people who needed like uh, getting their EAP, like through work, through their benefits. And I would talk to a lot of parents who were setting up services for their children. And a lot of those fears were, I don't want this to go on this, you know, quote unquote, permanent record. Um, I don't want this yeah, to this is like... influence whether or not they can get a job or that their boss is concerned. And I'm like, uh-uh, the boss cannot ask that question, like, whatsoever. Right. Like, you know, when you really sit down and think, that's one of those things, like, when I really sit down and think about it, it's like, why the fuck would you even think that out loud? Like, and I said it out loud more than once. Yeah. And, like, nobody ever, like, stopped me. That's why also I'm just like, okay, like, what? Yeah. Like, I think I said this to my mom once, and she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, <laughs> okay, like, let me, <laughs> let me rearrange, like, my thoughts. My mom works in mental health, so, like, when I think of when I said it to oh, her, really? she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like, she used to, at least. She's working, mm -hmm. she used to work part-time at a mental hospital, and she mm -hmm. also works in psychology still, too. My mom does a lot. I can't keep up with times. <laughs> And what was it like growing up? Was was your mom very much like you said she was the one to tell you like you're going to therapy? Growing up, did she talk about that too? Like, hey, do you need a therapist? Uh, Have you ever thought about it? Yes, actually. My dad passed away when I was younger. So I did go when I was younger. Like that whole like scene from like TV after like someone's like parent dies and like they're in a room with a therapist playing with the toys. Like that actually happened to me. Mm -hmm. 
but like that's the only time um outside of that my mama always asked me growing up like is everything okay like you want to talk but like mm-hmm. this is my mom and like i'm 15 and figuring out i'm gay like i really don't want to talk to you right now like i have a lot going on inside of my head yeah but you know like i know if i would have been more open looking back at it i know my mom would have been more accepted and been like okay like let's go let's go to therapy but mm-hmm. that was just a disservice i did to myself at that age not being more open with myself just because everything going on now yeah but i would say it was good having a mom that was really understanding you know like me being gay didn't play any impact into the thing so i will say that mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the stories that you don't, you don't hear about, right? It's usually that if your parent is sending you to therapy, it's a last resort and they're trying to like pray the gay away or making sure that yeah. like you I can. the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Um, yeah. Like, I'm but, always really grateful. I'm sorry. I'm always like really grateful. That I always say that. And, like I'm really thankful. And I feel like super, like, I always feel like, like a survivor's guilt thing when I see people. Cause like my family's like always been the exact opposite. So like when people mm-hmm. like tell stories, like I hear it, I'm just sitting there and normally like, like a meme, like, I don't really know what to say. Cause like, yeah, I just didn't have that. I feel bad a lot of the time. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, not everybody had it, but you were lucky to have it. And that's something to be definitely grateful about and boast about it. Like, you can't like feel bad for you know these people who I mean I'm sure we'd all like to change the situation but yeah I, I th- definitely think you should take advantage of that relationship every step of the way and it's amazing that you did have that support yeah um yeah they're, they're good people I would say it doesn't even um it doesn't just apply to being gay though like they're just mm-hmm. my family is just like really open and accepting to just like everything mm-hmm. like sometimes it's always felt like it feels like a scene like you see easy a like i yeah. felt like a lot of the time like i felt like that a lot of the time like i was supposed to get in trouble and i didn't mm-hmm. so like yeah yeah and tell me a little bit about uh, the second time when you found a therapist what was that process like for you um i was actually sitting in my room with like my ex-boyfriend and i just got on like psychology today and i was like i'm fine to find a therapist right now i was like mm-hmm. i'm going through it too. i was like i've hit like the bottom of the well i was like i'm about to find a therapist and i was just on there like clicking through tabs of people um just calling and like getting a bunch of no's or, like we're not accepting patients because of covid or like everything is like shut off and like I was like, you know, I'm done talk calling people because I was starting to get a little frustrated on the phone. Yeah. Like, I'm not calling anybody else. So I went on to the next tab with my current therapist. Um, shout out to Philip if he hears this. He's probably gonna talk hella shit about me after this. But um, <laughs> I went on his website and I just clicked new appointment and actually like went through, like I just was able to set an appointment in, like 30 seconds. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I was like, I have a new therapist. And our sessions go really good, yeah. After like we were one or two sessions. I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm fucking with this. I'm probably gonna stay yeah. here. It's pretty good. Yeah. What were some of the things like comparing it to that first session that were different for you? Um, I'm, I mean, comparing to the it, first therapist that were different for you. I think like, like I said, like I can, I don't know what it is about like just being able to like feel someone's energy. Like you know, mm-hmm. like you could just walk in somewhere and just feel like, okay, like. I don't really think we about to mesh that well, but you're still like trying to go into it. I would say that was the first one. I didn't really think we were gonna mesh and I was correct, but mm-hmm. going into it with Philip, I was pretty sure we was gonna mesh, like and I was, I was correct. We get along really well. We have a really great mm-hmm. relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. And psychology today has been the one like I, I occasionally have people reach out and they're like, 
hey, can you help me find like a PLC therapist or a Black therapist? And there are so many resources out there. Like I think Beam is one that has like all of the, is it just strictly, I think, Black therapists in their network. Um, there's Ayana Ther- wow. Therapy, which is like a... Um, I know it is specifically queer POC who they're focusing on with Ayana therapy, uh, but they haven't dropped wow. yet. Um, and then psychology today has been the one I'd say during the pandemic where people, when I've let them know, that's the most responsive. Um, and because it is like a lot of limitations, like a lot of therapists, like we've seen such a high uptick in like people <laughs> reaching out for therapy during this I pandemic. <laughs> that we can like barely get to the intakes in time. And so, uh, yeah, Psychology Today is like an amazing resource. I'm happy you knew about it too, to just like really yeah. find a specific therapist you want. I'll, I appreciate Psychology Today being able to break down like by exactly what you need. And then like being mm-hmm. able to like, after I do all of that, I can take my insurance. And like these, whether it's like three or 30 or 300, like these are the people that I know I need to talk to or that I can talk to. So. Mm-hmm. And as you said, like, it was discouraging, like, reaching out to people, even with being able to get so specific and have a list of people that you want. Like, the process yeah. is so discouraging in terms of, like, reaching out to people and hearing no or hearing, like, all of these, like, frustrating. barriers. Yeah. Especially, like, I could say, like, I speak for myself, like, especially at the time, like, when I was looking for one, like, at that moment, like, I was, like, on my breaking point, like, if mm-hmm. I don't speak to somebody in, like, the next few minutes, like, I'm going over the edge, so it's just, like, mm-hmm. to just be in that situation and not be able to get in contact with, like, anybody, and it's, like, you're trying to get the help is really super frustrating. Yeah, for sure, and that's that's part of what I want this podcast to be. Like, let's demystify the process of finding a therapist. Like, let's set people up to know that, Ace, sometimes it's going to take about a week before you find a therapist. And even when you find that therapist, they may not have openings. And even when you get in front of that therapist, you may not like their energy. And like, these are just like, like finding the therapist that's the best fit too. Tell me a little bit about your experience in therapy. Let's start with what have been some of the, the really good outcomes and takeaways that you, you have from therapy. Um, outcomes and takeaways. Uh, I would say it's been re- honestly <laughs> the self-realization, like just going in there and being able to just like say things out loud and then have somebody like s- exactly say back to what I just said to me and say like, okay, now how does it sound like? Mm-hmm. I will say that's been the biggest one. Um, biggest takeaway that's um, actually been beneficial. <laughs> My therapist flat out told me I had daddy issues one day. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, okay. <clears throat> I was like, um, let's back up. He was like, yeah, you have daddy issues. He was like, you also have a little bit of mommy issues too. And I was just like, okay, like, let's pause. <laughs> like, we're <laughs> this is a lot at one time. But I will say that's been the biggest takeaway because it's been able to like, I've been able to change how I like interact with a lot of my relationships. Like realizing that I never, mm. it's something I never realized, and now I'm able to you know, change how I like go maneuver through certain relationships and yeah. Yeah. And that's dope. That's dope that you have like a good enough relationship to where your therapist knows that if I say this, like Jojo isn't going to be like, so I want to end therapy altogether. I don't want to meet you anymore. <laughs> like the relationship is so important to be able to say things he's like that. He's asked me that like three, four like, times. Yeah. He's, he's asked me that like three, four times though. Like, are you going to come back next week? Like, am I being too hard on you? And I was telling him, like, no, like, 
I haven't. And there's been times like I've like burst into full tears. Like we've been talking. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you coming back next week? And I'm like, yes, I am coming back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a lot right now. Yeah. And what would you say some of the like biggest challenges of therapy have been for you? Biggest challenge. I'm, you know, two of them. My first one, I wasn't really super open with him and he called me out on it. I would say being open with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really big one. I'm, I'm a very closed off person. Um, and he called me out on that right away. And he basically told me like, this is a transactional relationship. So you're allowed to be as open or closed off as you want to, but it's mm-hmm. transactional. And after the transaction is over, we go our separate ways. And that's just that. So you're doing a disservice by not being open. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one would probably be challenge. Oh, my train of thought is running wild. It's getting right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to it if I remember. I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, that's a super, super important one. Like vulnerability. Like no one, it is so weird that we walk into these rooms with people that we met and like, even if you think about like, oh, I've had five sessions with the therapist. Like, okay, so you know your therapist five hours of your life. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> think about the level of comfort and like even still like the vulnerability that people are asking of you. Like, I am your therapist that you've known for five hours of your life, asking you to tell me things that you don't even tell the people who have known you your entire life. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, that's that part is always the hardest. When you put it that way, I haven't even known this man like two, four days of my life. And like, he probably knows more about me than anyone on the face of the earth. That's crazy. Yeah. It's really weird to put it into those hours, but like those are impactful yeah. hours too. Very. Yeah. And I, I had a thought that also left me, but it's okay. We can keep on moving. Uh, this is the part I like to, I think this can be beneficial to potential therapists like myself um, and other therapists who happen to listen or people who just want to know what things they shouldn't tolerate and can tolerate um, in the therapeutic relationship. And so what would you say if this was like your PSA to therapists, um, what are the do's and don'ts? So like, it might be like therapists should do X, Y, Z. Therapists should not do X, Y, Z. Really based on like, moments where you felt like super uh, uncomfortable so that's more so the don'ts and like parts where you're just like yes my therapist really hit the nail on the head when he did that like I want more of that in therapy um I would say the only two I'm thinking of go hand to hand like Mm. no one to call somebody out like I would say therapists should do that like no one to call like those people out and those people being me myself um Mm -hmm. I always say like niggas be lying and like mm-hmm. niggas even be lying to their therapist sometimes. Oh, and I can be every day. Every yeah, like niggas, yeah, niggas be lying <laughs> all the time. So like, <laughs> like, and it's crazy because like I'll go right in there and be sitting down over here, be like, my friends will be like, "What's the last time you smoked?" And I'll be like, uh, "Like, why am I about to lie to you? Like, why, 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 why do that?" But yeah, like, why even lie? So I would say no mm. one to call people out because niggas be lying in therapists. But also like, don't talk to people like they're crazy. Like, don't. And not to say crazy like that, but like, don't talk to me like I'm stupid. Don't just don't mm-hmm. talk to me like with a lot of bass in your voice. I would say that for me, um, mm-hmm. it kind of triggers like a flight or flight. And I know I'm not the only person mm-hmm. on the face of the earth that has that. So like, you can't raise your voice at me too much, yeah. especially if I'm coming in here being vulnerable. I'm already crying too. So like, mm-hmm. now you're raising your voice. Don't know what's going to happen in here. 
Yeah. And that's important. Like you don't want to feel a power differential or like someone's trying to exert power over you. Yeah. Like, I don't want to feel like I came here to be chastised and scolded. Like I came Mm -hmm. here to like share like my deep thoughts and like get help. Like I didn't come here to be like, told this is wrong and this is stupid. Like it might be wrong and stupid, Mm -hmm. but like, you don't have to say it that way. (laughs) Yeah. And ultimately like that means like therapists should not be judgmental. Like they should not be in here. Like, judging you for the hardships that you've had and for the low moments that you've had and they shouldn't be like disrespectful in the way that they address you either it's all about their relationship like i said and you should be able to trust that relationship and if you do have like a good relationship that therapist should hopefully know what's appropriate for you and also like what might be inappropriate uh, or things that you might like not respond well to yeah, I would say that my therapist definitely does a good job of like knowing what's appropriate for like me. And I can say as a person, like I'm one of those people that you might have to talk to a little firmly. Um, mm-hmm. it, I'm just one of those people. I'm, I'm aware of that. And he always asks me like, are you, like, are you coming back? He always said, are you coming back next week? Like, I can't believe like, we're here talking <laughs> to each other like this. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, it, like, it doesn't harm me, but like everyone mm-hmm. is the same way. So you can't talk to everybody with the same tone. So that's something to definitely keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And also like therapists should know that like what works for one client might not work for the next. Like the way that your therapist talks to you and you're saying like, this is what I need from the therapist. It's not going to be the same if you referred your friend and they went to therapy too. It might be a completely different relationship. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would actually, I don't want to call out any of my friends, but a couple of my friends do go to therapy and I would hate to send actually any of them to him. Like not because he's bad, but I just don't know what their dynamic with their therapist is because I don't sit in there with them. So like mm-hmm. they might be getting coddled for an hour. And I mean, I get coddled sometimes too for an hour, but like mm-hmm. I don't want to send them in there to him. And I should actually stop saying that because he's probably going to listen to this now and think oh, he's an evil person, but whatever. <laughs> no, he sounds dope. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy that you found him too. <laughs> and because it sounds like it's a really good fit and like that good fit is so hard to come by. And so that's dope. Yeah. And what would you say, and you kind of answered this, but maybe it's the same question, maybe you're expanding on a little bit more. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned uh, in therapy? Um, I would say most recently, um, my therapist said something to me that I really, I'm going to misquote him, but like, basically you don't deserve like just because whatever you did doesn't mean you deserve how you've been treated like some shit like that like mm-hmm. something like that I, I'm, I'm i'm butchering it terribly actually it was really <laughs> it was really great it brought a tear to my eye when i was in there in person mm-hmm. and i really wish i could remember it um it's not gonna come to me i don't even know why i'm trying i feel like jocelyn when she was like i don't have it with me <laughs> <laughs> was it um something like a, is it something along the lines of just being like even if you've like made mistakes in your life you still don't deserve to like have been like mistreated or have like bad things happen to you yes that's exactly what it was that is exactly what it was it came at like the peak of like our session too and i was like mm-hmm. already on the brink of crying and like when he said it it kind of like went in one ear and it like didn't come out the other ear which normally happens when <laughs> like, it stayed in that ear yeah and so yeah it was really great that's been the most impactful so far yeah and why would you recommend therapy for people like us for people like you and i for people of color for black people for black men um yeah why would you recommend it um for all of those for people like us queer men um 
I don't know about everyone else's queer experience, but mine has not been an easy ride. So, and I think that mine has been relatively easy a lot of the time compared mm-hmm. to others, and it still has not been easy. So I think that should already be a thing, like, please go to therapy. Um, I think all Black men should go to therapy because, again, my ride has not been easy thus far. It hasn't been super hard, but again, please go to therapy. Like, we all in this ride together. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, like, the people like me, I've always been told, um, again, I'm not going to shout any of my friends out. I don't want to embarrass them. <laughs> but people like me, they know who I'm talking about when I say people like me. Um, you know, you just need therapy. Like, you need somebody to just talk to. Like, it can get really heavy in your head sometimes. And, like, you don't want to feel like you're draining everybody else by constantly being heavy in your own head. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like that, therapy is probably the place to be. Like, that's somebody who is a transactional relationship who's going to be there and listen to you say whatever you need to for however long you need to. And sometimes you just need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you bring up that part about, like, we as, like, queer black men even more i feel like have just i feel like we've normalized holding things in like just in our head like we think that's the the lived experience is just walking around not talking about these deepest darkest things that like fuck us up daily and we should know that we have access (laughs) yeah we should know we have access to therapy we should know that there's a place where we don't have to worry about this person judging us or this person being offended because maybe the story includes them. Like they're disconnected enough uh, as in like not our friends where we can talk about exactly we felt uncomfortable and when we were pissed off and like all of these other things too. I think that's what it really is too. Like a lot of the time you can't talk to your friends, but like you want to be able to like talk to like a completely unbiased person who is completely mm-hmm. disconnected from the situation in every capacity. Because even if like you tell your friend a situation, like a friend might not know these other friends, like your friend still knows you. Like your mm-hmm. friend is still connected to you. So like their bias is still going to be with you as opposed to you go tell your story to your therapist. Your therapist already knows you're probably a fucked up person, but they also know those <laughs> who you're talking about are fucked up too. So your therapist <laughs> has no bias because their therapist thinks that you're all fucked up people already. <laughs> and no, like it's, it's, it's really nice to have just like, as you said, like completely unbiased because they don't know the people that you're they talking about. You. They only know what you say. They only know how you, yeah. how they can like interpret your relationship with these people through what you've said too. So it's a really great opportunity for people to like make suggestions and give feedback that you're like, oh, none of my friends would even see it like this. And that's because we're yeah. all involved. <laughs> I've even had like situations I've been in there like therapy, like my therapist has like came to the same conclusion as my friends. And I'm just like, okay, like why am I the only one that's not getting it? And then mm-hmm. I've also been in a situation where like, he doesn't come to the same conclusion of them. So I'm just like, again, like why am I the one that's not getting it? So yeah. it's definitely good to have that objective point of view. Yeah, yeah, it's all about perspective. And I think that's just like one of the things that just helps us move forward. And a lot of people think therapy is all about like, receiving advice and it's really not it's a like like you said before like your therapist will repeat exactly what you said and you like dang i said it like that or like that's how how you interpret it like that is messed up i've gone there a bunch of times and been like you just tell me what to do or like you just like tell me like how to like maneuver this he's like no i can't like i don't know what to tell you and it's just like I'm paying you to just really say back to me <laughs> what I say. Like I could have really recorded this on my phone and just listened to it, but it doesn't have the same effect. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. And um always as we near like the end of the show, I like to ask people for their self 
their self-care plugs. So this is like anything that you do that helps you like restore lost energy. Like I'm huge on energy management, like thinking that it, and it's, stems from like my own perfectionism and wanting to do the most it's all about like <laughs> making sure that if i am going to be doing the most because i'm still going to do the most that i have the energy and it's like finding like restorative things like sometimes just scrolling my phone for like five minutes is what i need between a session just to feel like cool i had like a break like i'm rested i got like some more energy for this next client uh do you have any things that you do to help kind of restore lost energy just so that you can make it through the day so that you can get through rough days Yes. Um, I'm one of those people that goes to the gym. Um, and it's not even for like the aesthetic reasons. It's just like my mind mm -hmm. is quiet while I'm there. Like yeah. maybe it's cause like, I can't breathe cause I'm running on the treadmill. Like my brain, like my muscles are straining, but like my mind is quiet. So mm -hmm. the gym is definitely one of my self-care things. Like the mornings I start my day in the gym, um, great all day, most of the time. Um, another self-care, I really enjoy traveling. So that's probably why COVID has been like so detrimental to me. Like, yeah. just, like I'm really good for just getting up and leaving and going somewhere. Like whether mm -hmm. it be a few hours away or just somebody's house. Like I just like to get away a lot. Um, yeah. Weed, um, definitely one of my <laughs> self-care things. Um, uh -huh. Where I, can, we, I just think it's in my DNA at this point. Um, and cooking, I can cook really well. So cooking is something I do when I'm stressed. But then, like mm -hmm. once I'm done cooking, now I have to wash the dishes, and now I'm stressed all over again. So like, <laughs> never in the cycle. Yeah, but it's nice that you have like a lot of different tools, right? I know I ask that question sometimes, <laughs> like especially to clients, and sometimes they're like, uh, "I don't know," and I'm just like, "Let's think of something," because there has to be yeah, something. Yeah, let's let's find you something. Like yeah, let's something find that brings something. you joy. Let's. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it might look like it That's might look like sitting down for an hour and watching Netflix. Like that might be what it is. Yeah. And like I am someone who's never gonna judge the way that like you find ways to restore lost energy because ultimately, um, as long as you're not harming somebody in the way that you do it, um, ultimately, like we. That's my motto. As, especially as like people of color, we're in a pandemic, right? We're dealing with all of this like political stress. We're dealing with all of these like unarmed black men being killed and unarmed black folks being killed. Um, like we need to find ways if we don't have it to like restore some of that like lost steam that we lose when we have to like deal with it in social media and everywhere. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about those self cares. Um, I love them and I'm sure you have plenty more, <laughs> but it's good to have yeah, rotating yeah. ones for when you're in a pandemic and you can't travel, you're like, cool, I can cook. Like that's one thing I can do. So, yeah. You know, another one that I got like really deep in was plants. I'm one of those people that got like really deep in plants in the pandemic, um, in the name of mm -hmm. self care. It kind of went, I went really overboard though. I went super overboard. I have like 30. <laughs> Yes, that's the best feeling though. Yeah. But same. Yeah, honestly, like I think I they take care of me. I'm happy. <laughs> and you get to see something grow. Like you get to see something like grow. Yes. Your eyes are so therapeutic. <laughs> my favorite thing is when I <laughs> my favorite actually is when I forget to water them. <laughs> and then like they're on the brink of like brittle and death. And like I water them and the next day they're all like great and happy again. I'm like, okay, like that's that's a good feeling. <laughs> See them like it stands for up. something. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what it stands for. Like what it's a metaphor for, but it, it's great. It sounds like you're saying like you can depend on me, but like don't depend on me too much. Don't get lazy. Like I'm gonna give you what you need. Exactly. 
Yes, but that's pretty. That's pretty much where I'm at. With. That's pretty much where everyone knows I am. Like you can depend on me, but like make sure you are on your last leg if you are dependent on me. <laughs> like make sure I'm the last one you call. I have my own shit to go do over yeah. here. <laughs> have me number like number five on that list, <laughs> and I can show up. <laughs> yes, yes. See, like the plants know that though. Like the plants know, like I'm gonna come. I just got other shit to do first. Yeah, but I'm gonna come before y'all die. And very much like nature anyway, you know, it doesn't rain every day, you know, not consistently. Exactly. Let me stop. I'm going to water the mattress until I get off of here now. <laughs> We're going to check in after the episode, make sure that like Jojo really waters his plants. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I swear to God, I have an app and everything that tells me to do them. And I still like scroll right on them and still like don't do it like my phone lives do not disturb already it's like the alert and everything that makes it through the day <laughs> they're resilient the plants they're gonna use they're resilient <laughs> i have i got all i got strong plants for that reason <laughs> <laughs> well um jojo i appreciate you for one just being so like direct and honest and like agreeing to this um as i kind of told you as i was like reaching out to folks like i really just love hearing us talk about like our experiences and our mental health journeys because that's something that we don't hear enough in our friendships and online and growing up depending on like people's communities that's something that like we don't even be knowing that black people be in therapy um and like i've even had friends who've been in therapy for years and i'm like what like why have we never talked about this and so um I really appreciate you, um, again, for being honest, for being vulnerable with us today. Um, do you have anything that you want us to plug, any place that you want us to send people, or are you good? Um, I don't really have much to plug. Um, you guys want to follow me online is underscore jwigs, W-I-G-Z. Um, I am going to shout out my best friend. He's a graphic designer, Timothy. He just got out of the Navy. Um, Hire him, somebody out there. My bitch need a job. Um, yeah. <laughs> Always looking out for my niggas. Dope. Well, <laughs> y'all heard That's it here. Um, go look up both his social media. Go look up. Is it Timothy, right? Yes. Tim Hell. I'm not going to lie what it is, but if you go to mine, he is all over there in some shape or form. Perfect. It's like Tim Hell, H-E-L-L online, you'll find him. I don't know what it is yet. It's Tim Hell. That's what it is. It's Tim <laughs> Hell. He is, he is going to kill me, actually. <laughs> He's like, that yes. is the worst promotion I've ever gotten. <laughs> the, worst, <laughs> the worst plug ever. He's like, people are getting hired that Tim aren't even Hell. me. <laughs> wow. It's Tim Hell. Great graphic designer. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Well, Jojo, I appreciate you again for using your Friday evening to record this. And uh, from here, y'all stick tuned and I'll let you know where to find the episode, okay? This concludes another session of Black People Go to Therapy 2. I appreciate every single one of y'all who support us and continue to break the stigmas surrounding our mental health journeys and the care that we deserve. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Black People Therapy, Facebook at Black People Go to Therapy 2, and Twitter at Black PPL Therapy. And are you a person of color with experiences in therapy and a willingness to talk about your mental health journey on the podcast? Great. Check out the episode description for our guest survey, or you can email us at blackpeopletherapy at gmail.com to learn more. Thanks and be well, y'all.